You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody, it's Ryan here. And uh, if you've ever thought about writing a book, my next guest is the person to speak with, Ellen Violette. She's the founder of Books Open Doors. And she's here to talk about the benefits of writing a book, how it can help your brand, your business, or your project grow and develop. Ellen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you. So talk about your, um, your background in writing and how you got started as a writer. Um, I'd always wanted to write a book, even when I was a kid. I don't know why, other than I remember my mom wanted to write a book. And one day she went into her bedroom and she came out a half hour later and she said, she told us she was going to write a book and she came out a half hour later and said, well, I wrote my whole life story. I'm done. <laughs> in half an hour. Right. In half an hour. We, so we all laughed. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, something stuck. I come from a family of writers. My grandmother was an English teacher. My grandfather was the night editor of the Los Angeles Herald back in the day. And, uh, you know, it was just something on my bucket list, I guess, although I didn't think of it as a bucket list back then. Mm -hmm. But then I was, um, I was in the music business for 20 years. And I'm a Grammy nominated songwriter. And so I was playing with words, you know, and writing in a story form of songs, you know, mm -hmm. not books. But then uh, my mom and dad passed away within 11 months of each other, and I inherited their house. And I had had a uh, world-class recording studio in the house, but I had to sell it because I had a brother and we had to split the proceeds, mm -hmm. but the house had been badly damaged in the Northridge earthquake. So we had to fix it before we could sell it. So my husband and I did that. And in doing that, we got a lot of experience. I mean, the house was gorgeous when we sold it, but um, we didn't want to be in LA anymore. It was just too painful. And so we came down to San Diego where I'd always come down in the summers with my family. And we bought a condo down here and it was right when the real estate market was taking off. And so we started buying, fixing and selling houses. And part of that was I had never really made a living. I mean, I, I won awards and I made a little bit of money in the music business, but not enough to support us. Mm -hmm. My husband was a hypnotherapist, but when we came down here, it was like there was one on every corner. And so we, we were like at a loss. We did, really didn't know what we were going to do. Right. And finally, we went back to Los Angeles and we took a property management job just to stop the drain of the funds that we'd made from selling the house, hoping that we would figure out what we were going to do next, how we were going to make a living. It was like we were making a killing, but we didn't know how to make a living. Mm -hmm. So I, that was when I got online and I thought... Um, I was interested in writing books, but in the meantime, I got really sick and I almost died. Oh, wow. And yeah, I was only 48 and my husband got online and he started looking for answers because Western medicine didn't know what to do for me. Mm -hmm. And we found this doctor and she described my symptoms to a T and I had what was called environmental illness. I was becoming allergic to everything and I couldn't keep food down. And I just started losing weight like crazy. I got down to like 90 pounds and wow. in, in a month I lost 30 pounds wow. and, uh, and I, I was dying. I mean, I was just fading away. 
So we found when once we found her, I wanted to work with her, but she wasn't seeing patients anymore. And so we um, found out that she had a book and it was called Detox or Die. We got the book and the book saved my life. So wow. what that taught me though, was that, you know, we, we think I'll do something someday. And then all of a sudden you're faced with your mortality and someday may not come. Mm -hmm. And I, I just saw this yesterday on a post where somebody says, I'm going to write a book one day. And my immediate reaction to that person was why one day? Yeah. You know, and, and that's the reason that I asked that. So anyway, so once we got, um, once we got me stable, I got online, I started looking for, I said, I want to write a book. And so I'm not waiting any longer. Cause like I said, you just don't know. Right. So I got online and I found this New York times bestselling author. And I sent in my stuff and I said, do you think I could be an author or a writer? I guess at that point. And he said, Oh yeah, yeah. Just set, he started sending stuff out on spec. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That's what I did for 20 years in the music business. And it really sucks because mm -hmm. You have no control. You're completely at the mercy of other people. And when I got my Grammy nomination, it was one of those things where the stars aligned. And what I mean by that is I had a publisher. My publisher's husband was signed to the same company that the producer of the record was signed to. Mm -hmm. And they needed one more song. It came down to three songs and they picked mine. And I believe that it's because of the connections. Right. So that's, you know, so how often does that happen? Yeah. But, but we were in the right place at the right time. And, um, but I didn't like the idea that I was at the mercy of other people all the time. And also in the music business, we would make 10 cents a record and the producer and the artist, everybody else and the record company would get rich. So I never liked the idea of the creatives being at the bottom of the bottom rung, mm -hmm. you know, of the making money uh, you know, scale. Right. So when I decided that I was going to write and I found, well, the next thing was I found eBooks online and I thought, this is awesome. You mean, I can just write a book and I can put it out and nobody can tell me that I can't do this. That was like a revelation. Right. And so that's what I did. So I wrote my first book and I didn't have a business yet. So it's like, what am I going to write about? And I went through all the stuff that first time writers go through. I don't know what to write about. Am I good enough? And then just having to learn how to do it. And there weren't any, I was interested in eBooks because digital was, you know, a pretty new thing still. Right. And even though people, some people were saying eBooks are dead. I'm like, really? I think they're just getting started. And this was before Kindle. So but the idea that I could get directly to the audience was completely appealing to me. Mm -hmm. And also I think looking back, I was afraid of doing a book proposal. I didn't know how to do it. And I, and in the music business, I mean, I had put up with so much rejection. And if people think there's a lot of rejection, in internet marketing, it's nothing compared to being in the arts. Right. And it's, it's a little different now because again, you can get directly to your audience, but in those days we couldn't. Right. So you, you had to go through gatekeepers. And yeah. I remember one A&R person saying to me this one time, my job is to say no. And your job is to convince me why I should say yes. Right. And there were times when, I mean, I can think of this one time, especially where I played this song and this, and the A&R person said, I like the lyrics. I don't like the music. 
And next thing we know, a major artist came out with a song very similar to my lyric mm -hmm. in terms of the, the idea of it and everything. And um, so it, it's a really, it was a really slippery business in a lot of ways. But anyway, so that's what I did. So I wrote that first book and, but I also had to make a living. And so I was like, well, how am I going to do that? And one of the first things I learned is that you don't make money from the book. You make money from teaching what's in the book. Mm -hmm. So that was deflating. But then I was like, okay, well, I better see if I like teaching what's in the book. So I hired a coach to teach me how to coach. And in the meantime, I had bought a book on how to write the book, the first one. And I found it less than satisfactory and it was hard and it was long and it was frustrating. And I felt very alone doing it because there, there weren't any groups or, you know, programs or anything like that back then. So I just had to kind of get through it. Uh, I did hire at one point a regular coach because I just needed somebody to keep me on track. And that was very expensive and time consuming and not real fun because he didn't have a system. And so I would just do what I did. And then he would tell me, well, that didn't work. So now why don't you try this? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And so uh, that's how the first one got written. But I, I reached a point where, I mean, like a lot of people, I wanted to give up. It, I was just getting bored with the whole thing. I wasn't thrilled about the topic. It was on moving just because that's what I knew to write about because that's what we'd been doing. And I was good at it. And I knew I could save people money with it, but, um, you know, but it wasn't my passion or anything, but then we started going to like internet marketing conferences and I still kept looking for a ebook coach. And I was like, I can't believe there aren't any, I can't believe there's nobody here that does that. And all of a sudden one day this thought came into my head that it's like, this is right up my alley. I mean, I've been writing all my life and I could do this better. I know I can. And so I'm going to figure this out and I, this is what I'm going to teach. And so that's what I did. So I created, wow. yeah, I created my first program and actually the guy that I had hired to coach me on how to coach, it turned out he had a little PDF on doing eBooks. And when I went through it, I said to him, you know, this is good, but I, I know I can make it better because I've learned some things that aren't in here would you be interested in splitting it? And he said, no, just take it and do whatever you want. So I did that and I upgraded it. And then I offered that for free. And at that time there was a group, there was a, a marketer who's now passed on. His name was Mark Hendricks. And Mark used to do something called the 12 days of Christmas. And he would get all these marketers together. There were like 77 of us and everybody would give, it was a giveaway. Everybody would give something for free. And so I started giving that journal away. And then I took people to a two-part teleseminar because we didn't have video in those days or webinars. Mm -hmm. And basically my thought was, well, I'm just going to share what I know so that they can see that I know what I'm talking about, basically. And right. then I'm, gonna, I'm going to offer them to get into the, my first workshop. So that's what I did. And the really cool thing was, was I got 1600 people on my list from 200 in like two weeks from that wow. giveaway. Yeah. Cause in those days people were hungry for information. It wasn't like now. Yeah. And so, uh, I got two people into my first workshop and of course I was devastated, but then I gave the workshop and they told me everything that was wrong with it. And then I was really relieved that I only had two people 
And then I just started making it better. And I just kept teaching it and improving it as people said, oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. Uh, you know, like a, an author's permission slip or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I just kept adding things and I just kept teaching it. And I've now taught it 32 times since 2004. And that was, was my signature program. But then what happened was, you know, in those days we could sell eBooks for $29. Right. And I wrote a book with Jim Edwards, who now works with Russell Brunson, and it was called Sell More Ebooks. And so we did that one together. And I learned so much from Jim. I mean, he really taught me how to do a sales letter and really the whole process of publishing a book, writing a book at a deeper level than what I already knew. And so we did that. And just with a few emails, we made like $12,000 because he had the perfect list. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that was his list. So we did that. And, uh, but then, you know, the whole thing changed when Kindle came in. So now all of a sudden they were getting, you know, two bucks for a book. And I was very resistant to that because that was no fun. But eventually it was like everybody wanted to be ranked. You know, they wanted to be a number one bestseller. So right. in order to do that, you have to publish where you could get the ranking. And so I started going into Kindle and also just working with clients. I would go in there just to show them what other people were doing and different things. And I just immediately understood how it worked. Like nobody taught me how to do it. I just got it. And so I started doing bestseller launches and getting people to number one right out of the gate. Like all my clients were number one. All the books I did after that point were number one. And so then I started doing that and I kind of backed off on doing my signature program. So the last time I had done it was 2015. And then I tried to do it again in 2018. And there I was back, like in the beginning, I only got one person into it. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is awful. Mm -hmm. And so I just worked with her one-on-one. -on -one. I was making a lot of money doing bestseller launches. So it wasn't like I had to do this, but I wanted to do it. And so then I was like, something, something has to change. And one of the things that I really want to impress on people is like, I spent a ton of money when I started my business, just learning. And I took a lot of courses and like everybody, I mean, some of them were away. Some of them were things I bought where there wasn't any coaching and I never opened them up or I, I didn't get what I needed and wasted money. Like most people, you know, and shiny objects and all that. Yeah. But, but there reached a point where I was just angry and I was bitter. It's like, I've been working at it a long time. Like at that point, well, first of all, the recession hit, I lost half my business with that. And I, it seemed like I was always like making money, but then things would go wrong and then I would have to rebuild again. And it just got to be exhausting. <laughs> you know, that right. was, but then in 2018 was when I just really hit my own rock bottom. And it was like, cause I've been doing it 14 years. And I was like, am I going to quit or am I going to change drastically? Cause this just doesn't work for me anymore. Right. And so I said, well, what else would I do? And there is nothing else I would do. I mean, I love, I love what I do. I just didn't love how it was not working out. And so I decided I was going to do something different. So the first thing that happened was I talked to one of my mentors and he, he told me, and that was when I was like really low on money, right? That's when it's like, you definitely don't want to spend the money. And that's when you need to spend the money. Yeah. So, um, I, I got some money together and I hired him and he said, start a podcast. 
So that's what I did. I started my podcast. And uh, it was interesting because I started in October and I had seven of them ready to go. And it's so funny because you know how they say so many people do seven and then they quit. Yeah. So I did seven. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so much more work than I thought. And I have to like be on it all the time. And hmm, I don't know about this. And, and so, and then somebody got me into one funnel away challenge with Russell Brunson and it took my focus away and I didn't do it again for six months. But in that time, I think I was kind of just letting it simmer and coming to the idea that I had to really commit if I was going to do this because you can't be off and on. It's like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Right. So I started again in June of 2019 and I've done it ever since. It was like, it was making the commitment was the, was the turnaround. So right. I had to commit to it. It wasn't, it couldn't be like a whimsy. So that's what I did. And I, I really loved it. But in those first nine months that I started it where my mentor said, oh, it's so easy. Just do it. I was trying to do what he was telling me to do and it wasn't sitting well with me at all. And mm -hmm. I spent time and money and energy and, and then before I ever released it, I was like, no, this isn't going to work for me. And I dumped it and I started over. So, um, in retrospect, I wish I had hired somebody, but again, I didn't really have the money then, but I had the resources I could have, but I was stubborn about it. So it took me a lot longer, but um, but I'm happy that eventually I came to my senses and did what I needed to do for it. So that was, that was the beginning. And then in 2020, I said, okay, I'm, and, and so talk about synchronicity. I was like, this is the year I'm going to just go to town, learn everything I can learn on the exact things that I think I need to um, bring my business where I need to bring it now. And so I started in January and then COVID hit in March and everybody was doing all these free challenges and all these workshops and everything. And so it was great. I spent the year, I really didn't even reach out to anybody to have clients. If people came to me, I worked with them. Uh, I worked with Terry Levine, who's one of the top 30 global trainers in the world. Um, we crowdfunded her book and I helped her sell a lot of books. But I didn't like even care if I got clients or not. I just wanted to learn. And so that's what I did. I went back to school. And then I started implementing again last year and then it worked, you know, and everything started taking off again. So that's my story. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of experience, a lot of history there. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you this because, so a lot of the clients I have mm -hmm. um, are brands, they're franchises or they're small business owners. So some of them are nation, nationwide franchises, sometimes international, mm -hmm. and they all have an amazing story. But one of the things they're all trying to do is, of course, not only market the brand and sell the brand and get more customers, um, but also to drive interest for potential owners to buy a franchise. Mm. So I want to pick your brain on the idea of maybe, uh, I mean, would it be a good idea? I'm always talking to them about content, of course, you know, content mm -hmm. and video and blogs and emailing and um, social media and everything, but what is your opinion on in that kind of a situation for whether, whether it's a franchise consultant to write a book or the brand, somebody who's representing the brand, whether it's the founder CEO mm -hmm. to write a book about the brand, because every single brand, every single company has a story really. Right. So what right. is your opinion on that to drive 
marketing and I mean, to drive sales and, and marketing. Interest. Yeah, ab absolutely. Look at yeah. uh, Gary Keller, of, right. you know, Keller Williams. I mean, he wrote a book and it changed his life. Right. So he talks about in his book, the one thing he talks about how he wasn't getting the, what is it? you know, the respect of the people at the top in the, mm -hmm. in the realty industry. And he went to his team and he said, okay, let's make a list of the top hundred things that we could do. And they did that. And they said, okay, let's take it down to 10. And they did that. And then they said, what's the one thing we could do? And they said, write a book. Yeah. And he talks about how writing a book changed his life. It's now become uh, a series and they're a multimillion dollar franchise business. Right. So absolutely. And the thing about writing a book for a founder would be telling their story. I mean, that's what Gary does in his book. He's telling his story. He talks about how he tried to do, you know, what the gurus quote say to do, you know, how he had to get up early and he had to get dressed and all these things he felt he had to do. And finally he was so miserable that he just chucked it all and started doing it the way he wanted to do it much more casual and everything. And that's when it took off. So same with me with the podcast. It was like, it was not going to work doing what somebody else was telling me to do. It has to come within you. Right. But everybody does have a story. Like you were saying, and the thing is, if you tell your personal story, but you also maybe tell the story of the franchise, and then you can tell the story of some of the franchise owners, each of them have a story, right. You know, and the success stories that they've had. And yeah. So there, yeah, there's a lot that you can do. So if you're a brand, let's say, or even a small, let's say you're a small business owner, whether you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're doing a trade, you're a professional at some level, mm -hmm. I think in, you know, writing my own book now, like I encounter the same roadblocks, like, where do I start? What, mm -hmm. what do I write about? And then, then you think, well, are people even going to read it? Am I, is my story or is my expertise even interesting enough to write a book? So like, what do you advise people to do to kick it off right? And, and get started with something that's going to be engaging enough to drive interest? That's a great question. Um, I think it's twofold. First of all, the thing, the way that I start all my clients off first and my students, depending on how they're working with me, is doing a marketing and visibility study. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we do that, there's several reasons. One is it, you want to write a book that people are going to know exists. That's first of all. Right. So you have to know what the best keywords are, what the best categories are. Yep. You have to have a title that's going to pull people in and that they can remember. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what the keywords are in order to write the right title. And you want to know the category, like I said, the categories, like how are people going to relate to this? And then the positioning of the book is huge. So in other words, what else is out there, first of all? And how is yours different? But then the other piece is how do you connect with the audience? Like how are they thinking about their, the topic? Like sometimes right. what authors do is they'll guess, they'll go, well, if, if I were my client and I was looking for my book, I'd look up this, this, and this. And a lot of times they're wrong. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I have a client and he does fitness and health and that's how he looks at what he does. And I said, well, have you talked to your ideal clients? And he hadn't, and he started talking to them. It's like, they're not looking up fitness and health. They're looking up, how do I lose five pounds? Right. Or how do I look better in my clothes? Right. So if you're putting in fitness and health and they're looking up weight loss and looking great, you're not going to connect with that audience. You're also right. not going to write the right title and you're not going to write the right book. 
Right. So that's why it is so, so, so I cannot overstress enough important to do the research first. And it doesn't mean that by doing the research, you're going to write a book you don't want to write. It's like you're looking for the sweet spot between what you want to write, what your audience wants and how, what they need, and then how you're going to write the book so that you connect to them. In right. other words, it's the idea of give them what they want so you can give them what they need. Right. So that's how you have to approach it. Uh, the other piece that I would say, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. The other thing that I was going to say, there's a book called Mastering Fear. And this is a great example of how you tell your story. Uh, actually, I mean, Gary Keller's story is good too, but I love this one because it's Mastering Fear, a Navy SEALs guide. And so he has a certain system that he teaches people to be less afraid. And what he does is he shares walking you through a case study where he is taking somebody from being terrified of the water to getting them in the water and having them swimming and diving and having a great time. Mm -hmm. But what he does is he shares the story of how he's teaching them. And he's also bringing in the stories from how that relates from when his Navy SEAL days. So in other words, like that's his unique, you know, his unique positioning. Mine would be writing, like I do this a lot, like I'll bring in music because yeah. that's mine. So yeah. in other words, whatever your background is and whatever your story is and however you got the knowledge that you have, that's how you want to bring it in to your story for your book. That's going to make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really interesting. And I think that you know, even if you're a small business owner, you, mm -hmm. you are an expert mm -hmm. in something. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's about how do you take that expertise and put it into something that people are going to, to want. And I think a lot of people neglect to really understand their clients and their customers and who they really are and what they really care about. Cause maybe right. they just don't always ask. Right. Right. They don't ask. Yeah. They yeah. just, they just assume. Right. Yeah. Right. Or they come from that very egocentric place of, I, I just want to write a book and I want to write what I want to write. And sometimes people do come to me and that's their position. Yeah. And uh, this one woman came to me and her position was that she was going to use her book to fund her business. And I was telling her that's not how it works. Right. And we, and we had this conversation. It was like, she was just not going to budge. And I said, well, I can't help you. I don't, you're not a good fit for me. And she agreed. Yeah. She said, I'm not, she said, I'm not coachable. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's your prerogative. I think it's fascinating to me. Like, and you know, we, everybody knows Anthony Bourdain and I know there's a, there's mm -hmm, a movie yeah. that came out about him. And I think that this is yeah. a, a prime story of, he wrote, he wrote a book as a working as a, a I think a dishwasher or a mm -hmm. cook at one point. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote this book. I think it was, I don't know if it was 10 or 20, maybe over 20 years ago, he wrote it and it kicked off his career to the next level. You know, I, I think in how, I guess the question is too, let's, let's say you've got your book idea and you started to write, maybe you've completed it, but now you've got the next level, which is how do I get it out there? And the question is, do I just maybe give away a few copies for free to people that are colleagues, clients, customers, mm -hmm. or do I invest money into advertising it? Or do I find other partners who can promote it? Like what, what do you suggest on the marketing side mm -hmm. in, for your book? Yeah, um, I see it as a progression. 
Right. So you do the marketing research, you do the outline, you write the book. Uh, and of course, you already have the, you, you create the, before you do the outline, you create the title or the working title, just so you know what you're doing. That's yeah. going to keep you focused on what the book's about. So you don't go off on tangents. Right. Um, then when you're ready to publish the book, there are different thoughts on this. You know, I don't, I don't understand this myself, but there are people that I know who will say, oh, I put all this effort into my book. I'm not giving it away. Mm -hmm. And so they don't give it away, but we give away all kinds of things for free and value to get people to know us, like us and trust us all the time. I don't know why people think a book would be different. Right. Now I have used the promotion tools in Amazon. There's the free and then there's the countdown, which is the paid. Mm -hmm. And they allow you, if you give Amazon an exclusive, they allow you to um, give it away if you're doing the free for up to five days in any 90 days. And you can break those up. You don't have to use them all at one time. Or you can do a countdown in one in 90 days and that you can only do one. So mm -hmm. whether it's for one hour or I think it's seven days on that one. Um, so you can decide. Now I've tested both of them and I made just as much money on the free one as I did on the paid one, okay. but I reached a lot more people Yeah. because think about it. I mean, if you're like doing, you know, the discount one and you do it, most people do it for like 99 cents, you're only getting 70 cents a book. Right. But if you do the free one for a couple of days and then you're still, you still might be discounting it or you might make it regular price, but I had it at two ninety nine, and I was making $2 a book. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to sell as many books right. in order to do that. So, you know, it's a choice. I mean, the other thing is, is there are all these announcement sites and the announcement sites have grown up as a cottage industry for Kindle. And there are a lot more announcement sites that will let you um, advertise if your book is free than if your book is paid. So that's another reason to do the free one. But again, that's my bias. Other mm -hmm. people may feel differently. And then once you've done that, then you got to market your book. I mean, you know, get on podcasts, speak, you know, always remember to mention your book. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I have several books. And one of the things that I actually wanted to say about that when you were talking about Bourdon, yeah. is um, I wrote a book called How to Crush It in Business Without Crushing Your Spirit, How Entrepreneurs Can Overcome Depression and Find Success. And my mentor told me not to write that book because it wasn't going to move my business forward. And I was like, this is a passion project. I have to write this book. And it was right after, I believe it was right after he had killed himself and then Kate Spade killed herself. Oh, wow. And yeah, and you know, big people were killing themselves and they were successful, very right. successful. Yeah. And I had actually been in a group where I revealed that I got depressed after I made six figures. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, why, why would you ever be depressed after you made six figures? Because in their mind, the money was going to make them happy. Which is untrue. Right. And right. I, and I said, the reason that I got, un, I got unhappy when I hit six figures was a couple of things. One is that you have this goal and then one day you reach it and then you go, now what? Okay. Yep. Now what's, what's going to keep me interested in this. And also running a business is very different than creating a business. Creating a business to me is fun. Mm -hmm. 
running a business, you got to really change how you do it and, and get other people to do the things that aren't fun. So you can focus on just the things that are fun. And if you don't, then it becomes very overwhelming and you can burn out. So right. there were reasons why, but, but anyway, and I had heard people, you know, behind the scenes who were making millions of dollars, crying themselves to sleep at night. And later on, actually, after I'd written the book, actually, I was listening to Russell Brunson again in that one funnel away challenge. And, um, and I do have a link for that if anybody wants it from me. But um, at one point he was saying how, you know, he had built this business where I think it was, he said, I think he had 60 employees and, you know, it was making a lot of money and he didn't want to get out of bed. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I, I, I totally understand what he's saying. But mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't, you know, they were like, wow, you have this successful business. And he said he, he blew it up and started over. And so, you know, some people just give up. Some people just say, oh, you know, it doesn't work. And I, I'm a failure and all that kind of stuff. And other people blow it up and start over or other people like me retool it. Yeah. So, you know, it just, it just depends. But a lot of that sometimes comes from the fact that when you get online and you just start following people and you don't get enough education from the right people, you get into something and without that understanding of like, well, what is this going to look like on a regular basis? Right. Or what's my day going to look like? if I do this, or they don't understand what goes into being a business owner, because it sounds nice. And then they get into it and they see all that's involved. I mean, it's yeah. not a, it's not a walk in the park every single day. And I get really upset, especially on Twitter with these people who, Oh, just, you know, just go to the, just work hard for six months and you'll be on easy street. Well, those people haven't gone through the ups and downs of the economy yet. Right. You know, maybe they come in and the economy is really good. Well, what's going to happen now? You know, now we have inflation when we're doing this. And now, you know, there's a war in the Ukraine and who knows what's going to happen. So right. there's going to be changes again. And so these people who do that, they give people false hope. And that was one of the things that happened to me as well. It was like, you promised me it was going to be like this. And it's not like that. And I'm, you know, yeah. I'm struggling and this is hard. And, you know, you lied to me. So there's, there's all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So anyway. But the point was that I, I wrote the book and it has actually sold more books than any of my books, number one. And number two, you know, I teach book writing and my other books are on book writing. Um, I have a book called Real Easy Ebooks, how to take, what is it? How to take your book, your ebook from, or something, your idea to bestseller, mm -hmm. fill in the blanks. It's a workbook. And um, I have another one that's 10K. Uh, let's see. I can't even think of the name of it. Right. Turn your book into 10 clients, like how to, how to get clients who are going to pay you $10,000 is that book. But, um, but the point is that, you know, I've written different books at different stages, but even that first book that I wrote was, um, I wrote what I knew up to that point. Cause that's all you can write. But if you say, Oh, well, I don't know enough to write it. So I'm just going to keep waiting. And then what happens is like people start a book, they take a really long time to write it. And then they get three quarters into it. And then they're like, oh, well, I've changed. I don't really like this anymore. I don't really want to say this. It's not me anymore. And that's why it's important to write them fast. And that's why I teach people. I mean, my, my program is the three-day bestseller program because mm -hmm. I have a system to actually do the writing in three days. And, it, and it's flexible. I mean, people can take it and use it in different ways. But I like writing my books really fast in a focused way because 
uh, I was actually working with a client of mine where we were taking articles of his and then we were writing the book around it. And then he had to go out of town. And then when he came back, it took us like a half hour just to figure out where we were in the process from the time before, you know, cause it had been like 10 days. So I'm like, I don't like doing it that way. You waste so much time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so that's why, I mean, I have a, a way of doing it because based on my experience and based on the experience of hundreds of authors that I've worked with, but the, um, to go back to how to crush it in business, the point is that there are a lot more people who are entrepreneurs and are thinking about writing a book right now, right? but maybe they'll read the book and then they'll realize that this is what I do. And then they might say, oh, hmm, maybe I'd like to write a book. Right. So it's not like it doesn't flow into my business. It's just not a direct flow, but it was something that I felt passionate about. It was something that I felt was needed. And as I said, after Kate Spade and, and Bourdon, I was like, no, the, somebody has to write this book. And, you know, I usually say to people, if you go into Amazon and you're thinking of a topic and like, there's no books on the top of, oh, I found this great topic because there's no books on it. Usually that can be a red flag. Like maybe there's no books for a reason. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, mine was a perfect example where there are tons of books on depression. There were none on entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm having depression. Yeah. So that's the whole idea of the blue ocean, which is, you know, you take, there's a topic like sharks in the water for blood. It's, it's the red ocean, right? Mm -hmm. But the blue ocean is just outside that. So what they're doing is they're appealing to that same market, but in a different new way. Right. So it's kind of defining like a, a niche within a niche, you right? Know, you're, exactly. you're really, really tightening down on you may have an audience that's very small, but it's, but it's, a, if it's very small, but they really want or want to learn about what you're writing about. That's yeah, good. As long as it's not too small, I mean, you got, right. you got to know that there's a, yeah, that there's a market for it, but, but right. you know, there are billions of people in this world. So yeah. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> so what do you, I mean, you've, you've had your own experiences writing too, and I, I'm assuming it's pretty cathartic for you. I mean, just emotionally, just to write anyway, even if you're not writing a book, do you suggest just every day working just maybe journaling or just writing even whether it's you know poetry or or journaling do you think that i've noticed with myself it's helpful mm -hmm. just to get through you know stressful situations or mm -hmm. a tough work day or whatever just to write out how you feel or what you're going through mm -hmm. um without well, any without any real direction with it just writing do you encourage that right well it's interesting um well first of all i'm writing every day yeah. something. I'm always writing something because I write, I do all my own copy. Yeah. So I'm always writing and right. I get a lot of satisfaction between, you know, writing posts when they're, when they're good posts, like not just writing a post, like I went to the beach today, but right. writing a post where I tell a story, where I make a point, you know, that, those kinds of, of things. Right. So I find that uh, is very cathartic and also really helps my clients and my mm -hmm. students and also for lead generation. But, um, but as far as journaling, it's really interesting because I'm reading a book by Gabby Bernstein called happy days. Mm -hmm. And it's about healing trauma. But one of the things that I wrote not that long ago was about how each time I take a step into more growth, it brings up past trauma. 
Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's a woman called her name is Sandra Ray, and she's the mother of this technique called rebirthing. And she, and I learned from her many many years ago that love brings up everything unlike unlike itself. And so if you have unresolved feelings about something, and something good happens, it can bring up something bad or not bad, but you know old feelings, trauma, whatever. And Gabby talks about one of the things that helped her was journaling. And she calls it raging, rage on the page. (laughs) And she recommends spending 20 minutes a day doing that and just Mm -hmm. getting out the feelings because she talks about how your feelings get stuck in your body and how she was having all these physical symptoms and how they finally started going away when she started dealing with the trauma of her childhood. So, you know, we all start from a different place. So, I mean, if you had a great childhood and everything was hunky-dory, you know, and you just are gung-ho ahead, journaling may not be the thing for you. For other people, she talks about how some people just get too triggered by it. And so they're not ready to do that. Like it's too much for them or or just to start journaling about, you know, minor annoyances as opposed to major traumas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody kind of has to go at their own speed. And I think what's interesting too, is if you're an entrepreneur or even like a salesperson, mm-hmm. writing a book actually establishes to me more credibility. Cause I think when you can, and I've, I've listened to podcasts of sales, you know, um, mm-hmm. sales trainers, and they all say, and one of them actually has a workshop where he teaches how to write a book. And he says, look, you can go and, and walk into someone's office or call them up or meet them and sell them. But if you give them a book you've written, it's a whole different level of credibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, not only that, but I, I, somebody told me a story not that long ago about a psychologist who was really, or psychiatrist who was really, I think it was a psychologist who was really great and um, couldn't get on the TV shows because she didn't have a book. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's been a great conversation. First of all, tell us where people can find your books, then find you, and how can they reach out to you um, to learn more or even set up a time to talk with you? Yeah, thank you. They can go to my website. It's booksopendoors.com. There's a page on the website where you can find my books. It's booksopendoors.com forward slash books. You can get to the podcast from there, which I highly recommend. There's so much good information on there. Uh, Great guests. And also I do trainings there as well. And um, yeah, to reach out to me, you'll see there, there's the, um, there's a free rockstar authors toolkit where you can get started. You know, we're asking me, how do people get started? That's a great place to start. You get the checklist for writing your book very quickly. uh, The process that I teach also writing your bestseller title and 21 simple strategies to jumpstart your book marketing online checklist. And you get the Kindle planner. So you learn how to do all those things in the right order. And that's a huge boost to getting started. And then for each process, it's the getting started part. So you can get that. And then you'll see on the website, you can uh, take the next step there and sign up to talk to me. You can go to um, bookwithellen.com if you just want to go straight to the straight to the um, scheduler, but you will still at some point have to figure, you'll, you'll have to fill out the application just so I can get a sense of 
what we're going to be working on. Right. So, yeah. So that's booksopendoors.com. That's great. Well, thank you, Ellen. It's been very informative. I think if anybody's listening, no matter what you're doing, who you are, who you're with, uh, write, just start writing, start somewhere. Even mm-hmm. if you're not sure what to write, just start writing period. I think ideas will, will come. Um, but definitely reach out to Ellen and she can, she can help you get started on the right path. I would love to do that. So yeah, anybody who needs help. The one thing that I will say about just writing is be careful because sometimes what people do is they'll do like a brain dump mm-hmm. and then they just get overwhelmed yeah. because they got all these disconnected pieces and it's, I find it much harder to actually get your brain to then be able to focus and get it back together once you've done it that way. So right. that's why I highly suggest getting the Rockstar Authors Toolkit and doing it in order. Okay. Uh, you'll still have plenty of time to write and there's nothing wrong with thinking about, you know, like what topics might be of interest to you and start looking around and seeing, okay, is this something that people are interested in? Right. And again, that's one of the things that I can help people, you know, in our first uh, introductory conversation is just helping you figure out, you know, well, what would be the best thing for me to write about? What is the best thing that's going to really help my, my business that yeah. I would enjoy writing that people want. So just be careful with that. Because like I said, sometimes people start with a brain dump and then they come to me and they're like, I don't know what to do with all this information. Right. Right. Well, I think like if you're in a business environment too, um, keep your eyes and ears open to your customers and your clients. Cause I've noticed mm-hmm. things I've written myself, whether it's just a short ebook I'm writing based on the question, common questions I get all the time from clients. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how to do this or how do I get help with this? And in my head, I, I, I kind of put a little check mark in my head saying, hey, that's something I should write about, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, it's great to keep lists of topics to write about. Absolutely. Right. I, I highly recommend doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ellen. Let's keep in touch. And uh, I look forward to hearing more success from you in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in becoming an episode sponsor, please email me at livingryan at gmail.com. And thank you so much.